we going uh, my pants poster said we going ultra yeah we going ultra black i got a toast to that we don't fold the crack we going Occasion we rose to that, fuck on postal We going ultra black, watching the global change Hopping the coldest range, hip boy on the beat This shit poster slap, we going ultra black We going, we going uh, Rhythm and blues, pop rock, soul to jazz To my toes attack, how I look being told I'm not supposed to brag, nobody fault I tell the truth, I know it's facts We ultra black, grace tone, skin tone But multi that, multiple colors We coming all shades, mocha black Except where I'm at and I fight me on it. Uh, Emotional stares like I might be wanted. Pitch black like the night, I'm ultra black. Said for the sun, reruns, jokes are black. Oh yes, oh yes, God bless success. We going ultra black like the S is fast. Hawk with a mask on, the freshest breath. African black soap, caress the flesh. Super fly the Mac, sitting fly in the lack. Take a break. Yo, 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 before we get started, uh, we want to welcome y'all to the Transferable Experience Podcast. Um, it's Julius. I'm here with my best friend, Ed. How you doing? I'm good. You good? Yes, sir. How you feeling, man? How you feeling? What's the energy like right now for you? <laughs> it's great, man. It's, you know, we in Black History Month, you know, just yeah. taking it all in and what a great month, right? Like, I don't know, man. Like, this is one of the times of the years where I get super reflective. I get, like, super, like, pensive to where I'm, like, taking experiences in my mind, taking history, getting a good look at it, and seeing how it, how it pertains to me and how I'm being an active agent in it, if that makes sense. It do. That's deep, man. I mean, like that's, that's when you do that this time of month. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this time of the year, it's yeah, like, because it's so focused. Like mm-hmm. we're so focused on like the achievements of black people. We are focused on the struggles. Yeah, I mean, because we are a people that has a history of struggle. Um, but then on a very personal level, because that's all big, that's all macro, right? Yeah, but on a micro level. I'm thinking to myself, like, what is Julius doing on a day-to-day basis to uplift, promote, and encourage his culture to everybody I come in contact with and personally for myself? Do you ever feel like that? Like, I mean, I I guess the question I could ask you is, like, what is this time for you in the year? I mean, because you're 28. I mean. Physically. Physically. (laughs) I mean, like, we gotta say that for the next uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you've been through this month a lot of times in life, so I mean, so so. But I do, I do like Black History Month because it's the time that we focus on, like, it's like solely, mainly focused on like the success. You know, this is when we focus on the accomplishments, not necessarily, you know, everything. Yeah, just like yeah, the accomplishments. It's like the the most positive month, I believe. Mm-hmm. For us, like mm-hmm. as a black community, like February is like every day you hear about. Oh, he did this. He did this. Yeah. He invented this. She invented this, and mm-hmm. you know she was the first this, first this. Right, so it's like right. dang, just like right. It's right. like it's like every day start off with like a 
a positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been something that's uplifting. Yeah, it's like very like it's very empowering, right? It really that's what I'm saying. I always feel this a little like, bit more empowered yeah. in the month of February. <laughs> I mean, it's only what twenty eight days, twenty nine, depending on what you hear. Yeah, but it's like every day I'm like, okay, what am I going to learn today? Because like up still to this day, like there's still things that happen that like I had no idea that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Because I, mean, I say I've been through it twenty eight times, but it's like <laughs> I learned something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every time, like something new. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. And then, like I say, it's just all like coming at once and like pouring in and like mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cool part too. Like I say, it's every day. It's like oh, okay, and then everyone's like just giving the positive fact of somebody who did this and right 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 like 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 you feel i said empowered but you feel more like um you feel more prone to being to 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 put your mentality in the space like okay this is black history month like what has been done today like what can i do today you know how can i be a a better black man today or how can i be a better black person today That, that kind of thing i mean i'm not saying it's like we just it's just more focused in the month of February, you know, like yeah, 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 everything that's going on. So I like it. I love it actually. I just mm-hmm. it's a good time. I really look forward to February because of that now, and it's crazy because if you think like mm-hmm. in school, we learn like just mm-hmm. the most basic stuff and like then, surface level. Yeah, then we seen that same little. Uh, Video every year. What was that one called? Martin and Me. Martin and Me. Yeah. Yeah. The little PV, like the after school special. Yeah, when they go back in time and it, they got to live in whatever yeah, that time in the sixties. Yeah. And, and 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 one of the one of the disservices that I think is 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 catered to up and coming black youth from then is just the fact that like. Our public education, mm-hmm. it has a snapshot of black history as Martin and Malcolm. Martin, actually, Martin, Malcolm, Booker, the dude that invented Peanuts and Rosa Parks, and then they keep going. Yeah, get a kiss of hair, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, you'll you get some uh, Sojourner. You're going to get some Sojourner. <laughs> Ooh, a little bit, just a little bit. Because if Not you got, because if you got to talk about that, you got to talk about some other stuff. So yeah. you right, you right, you right, you right. But it's like they don't introduce you to. You would swear it was just like mm-hmm. maybe like ten black people that did something substantial in history. If you was to go by what we learned in school, right? And it's like, oh, that made people bubble. I mean, that made black people bubble. But it's like, yeah. But it's so much more uh, intrinsic than that. Um and uh, man, I'm sorry, man. I just get carried away with, with nah. With, let's go with it. Let's go with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, here I am, a 27 year old man. Um, you're 20 year old, 28 year old man. Like, and as I get older, you know, and I and I progress out of that public education, like that that what I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. I have I have been been granted my own individual agency to go look into these things for myself mm-hmm. because I'm like, bro, it can't just be, I had a dream speech and then everything else was great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's so many things in the middle of that. 
You know what I mean? And before like, that. And before that. And during that. And after that. It and was, during that. And, and during that, bro. Like, But yeah. But I, I think now, like I say, more people like highlight different people now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people get highlighted now and you know way more, but it's still like the a lot it's like the you know it's a lot that's like the more polarizing figures they get acknowledged more right 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 because they caused the most they had like a shock wave on like the uh superficial mind of the regular american yeah. which at that time was the white american you know what i mean yeah and then they like because they like i feel like they tell us about people that invented stuff because you know mm-hmm. peanut peanut butter Super Soaker, the stoplight. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a few of those. Rosa Park said no. <laughs> yeah, it's like a few of those that you know that people, but that's what I kind of wanted to do this episode, you know, kind of like highlight some people that's not just necessarily always put in the forefront that also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, played a significant role in black history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that would be pretty cool for this episode. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, um, if you tune in right now, uh, I just want to let you guys know that uh, you're here with the Transferable Experience Podcast. It is Julius. It's Ed. Uh, thank and you. Go ahead. This is episode four. Oh, episode four. So we four deep. Uh, we just want to uh, thank you guys for all the gratitude and support that you've given us thus far. We are so, 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 so thankful. Um, I mean, this is, this is a special episode for me because I... I mean, as you can see, this is two two black men in front of you. Um and also like that's just something that we take we take we we got pride in it, right? Yeah. We are proud people. I'm a proud black man. I'm pretty sure you're a proud black man. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Uh and we just wanna, you know, continue to give you great content, you know, and if you want some more content, you can keep on liking, sharing, subscribing, commenting. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. All that good stuff. All the good stuff. Do all the places, do all the things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that's what it always come down to at the end. Yeah. All the places, do all the things. Well, all, well, they, well y'all know the things. Yeah, to do, just yeah. all the places, yeah. all the things. All the places, all the things. You already know me. Um, so here we are. We are uh, midway between February and um, I just want to pop it off with asking you, Ed, how you been this month? I mean, I know we talked about us feeling empowered this far, but how's the personal life of Ed going? It's pretty good, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this past weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was harder for some than others. <sighs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a hard Sunday for some people. No, it was it was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Had a little small intimate gathering, cooked mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Social distancing. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's only four of us. <laughs> and that was it, man. Other than that, it's just been mm-hmm. just the usual. Mm-hmm. Work, work out, mm-hmm. do a little self-improvement in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, people are more invested in you and your diet yeah. that ended so it, go ahead and tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so the diet ended like a week ago, or maybe a week and a half, and um, it 
it was good. The you doc, made it. You made it. Yeah, I made it. I made it. I made it 21 days. Uh, no meat, no dairy, no processed foods, no fried foods, no reduced grains, no sugars. No so sugar. what did you do the first day after the diet? What did you eat? I ate. I ate chicken. <laughs> I ate some chicken. Fried. Yes, yeah, I ate some fried chicken. Mm. But but that's my guilty pleasure, bro. Like fried chicken just has a place in my heart. Did like, it taste better? It did. Because mm. it, it was like rewarding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my taste buds haven't had that. At that rush of flavor since beginning of the year. You know what I mean? So for me to do How you the, felt after you ate it though? Bro, horrible. I did. I felt the effects of grease and and, and, and fried batter in my stomach. Mm. And I don't want to get too graphic for the listeners, but let's just say I'm with you. I'm with you. I made some frequent visits to the restaurant. Because my body had adjusted, yeah, to 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 operate without that, yeah. And when you introduce something like that, and and I didn't realize that's such a harsh thing to it really is. give to your body, fire food, grease, and like dead animal. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be super graphic, but like. It was one of those things, like, when I did it, I was like, okay, I could definitely feel the difference between me without the meat and me with the meat. And so then yes. after that, it's just like, it'll get back used to it. I'm I'm back. It did get back used to it. You just now, kept eating more and more meat, huh? <laughs> I ain't going to say I just went on a fucking, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I ain't going to say I just went on a rampage, but I did have meat quite frequently throughout the week. And then I did feel, I felt my body adjust to it, mm-hmm. to where it went from something new to something it wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we back. We can, we can, we can digest this. But I will say this. It has definitely, since being off of it, it has made me definitely more, and I've been talking about this throughout the weeks, more intentional. Like, I know when to be like, I don't want that. Cause I know it's gonna do to me. Yeah, I know the results of putting it in my body. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've like seriously, seriously been considering when when choosing my meals. Like, I know that I just said that in a very like, very like regular way, but choosing my meals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I choose my meals instead of being like, oh, I'm just gonna get this Popeye because it's the it's, it's, it's off the next exit. Yeah. No, I don't want that. You think no, you'll ever go back? To not eat meat? Yeah. I mean, yes. Mm. Yes. I think I will go back because part of it is knowing that it's possible. Yeah. Like you can, bro, if you don't eat meat, you're not going to die and I'm not trying to say that in like a blanket statement but like you can supplement that dietary you know change mm-hmm. with other things and you're going to be alright and that's what I proved to myself the most second thing I proved to myself 
was the discipline. Mm-hmm. The discipline to say, I want to do this, and I'm going to do it, and I did it. And that do a lot to the mental, bro. Like, yeah. Any, it's just like any goal you set in life. You know what I mean? So. I think, like, so what was, your, like, your favorite meal you ate during that time of eating pretty much nothing that's fun? Man, you know what my favorite meal was? My favorite meal to eat and to cook was curry. Curry was good, bro. Like, what vegetable did you use? I used bell peppers, squash, zucchini, chickpeas. I used, uh, you know, onions, garlic, that kind of thing, mm. the the basics. And then sometimes I would put potatoes in there, but other times I didn't. I didn't. And Bro, curry, like, that's probably that's probably a meal that I'm going to make again that doesn't require meat. And I'm probably not going to use the potatoes because a lot of people like to, like, use potatoes as a substitute for meat because it's such a heavy starch. Yeah. So you get that full feeling of eating meat, mm-hmm. but it's just potatoes. Yeah. But when you do it without potatoes, it's still good. Yeah. So See, yeah. I, I think, like, man, that, that'd be fun to try something like that. But then I, I like... I would have to have like, it would be the the preparing the food part that would get to me. But it's fun, bro. Like navigating with all those restrictions, mm-hmm. I would almost do better if like mm-hmm. I did that and they gave me like a day by day or like just like a certain number of meals that I could like recipes or something because yeah. I would be lost because I what I would do I would just cook what I would normally cook and just not do it with meat and then I'd be like. Then I had that feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm missing, missing something. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. something I'm like, it's not the same without. Mm-hmm. So you like need to be told what to eat. Like you're going to eat this, this, that. I've never, I've never embarked in anything like that before. So I need a little guidance because. And, and it kind of like tickles your, not to go on, on a super, a super tangent, but it kind of like tickles your fancy with like figuring out what to eat instead of that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an intellectual challenge, kind of like a puzzle, you know. Yeah. Like how do I how do I put this together to uh, give myself enough nutrition to keep going, but at the same time enjoy the meal? Because when I first started, it was just smoothies, salad. I did that for a week. I'm like, man, like it got to be something. Like it got to be more I can do to this. And then that's when I started introducing the curries and the. Uh, uh, the stir fries and everything like that into my diet, and you know what cauliflower uh, rice is and all that good stuff. So, did you ever find yourself like out and about and was hungry and you didn't know what to do? Yes, a lot because the nature of my job, I'm out and about. So, what did you do in those situations? Well, I just, I just dealt with it till I got home because I knew. Cause like they had stuff around, and I was like, I just don't know if that's gonna break the fast by putting it in my body. Yeah. But I know I got the stuff at home. I know I have the stuff at home to keep me within the confines of the the parameters. Yeah. See, I have to like pack me a little small bag of the stuff sun. that I can <laughs> eat, like I'm a child or something, just so I can have something. Right, right, right. Cause I, man, that that be that moment where I'm just out and about. And it just yes. And I'm not gonna be home for a while. I need to eat something. That's what I was talking about with convenience. Like the convenience of it is not ideal. 
Because when I say, you know, you might be like, well, let me try this place. And you start reading the stuff and you're like, ah, ah, can't yeah. eat that. Can't eat that. Dang, yeah. that got that in it. And yeah. Yeah. And that'd be the time, man. That convenience just goes into another topic that we'll talk about on another episode. Because, see, I, I tried the keto diet before. Mm-hmm. And that mug was just like, I was finding recipes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just was like. Mm-hmm. It was just too much of a task to figure out what to eat. Like, I was Googling recipes and finding stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just was, like I say, I, I would do better in a diet if, like, I know they got these type of, plates, like, meal prep things, and you right. can just tell them what you're not eating or your dietary restrictions, and then they just make you something and give it to you. Because, mm-hmm. like I told you, man, on the weekdays, I just have so little time that, like, you don't even want to put that much thought in effort. Yeah, not on the week, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already have a limited amount of time. And mm-hmm. like I say, I just, I just, whatever you give me, I eat. Cause I, I just eat for nourishment during mm-hmm. the weekday because I don't have time to mm-hmm. be just mm-hmm. cooking a feast every day. That'd take up my whole night. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real, for real. No, man, like it's definitely a, a different thing. But what's next? Nothing? Got another one? Some other diet, Ramadan coming up. Yeah, that's true. And you usually and you usually do Ramadan, don't you? You usually do Ramadan, eh? Try. I'm gonna try again this year too, man. Like I, I, I just you know, I try. I, I'm gonna make another attempt. You know what I mean? But yeah, so for this episode, like I said, we wanted to highlight some people. In history that we don't, you know, they don't typically get the spotlights others do. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to start with our first one person, excuse me. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. All right. Like I built that up, huh? Uh, I was about to say. I was just moving the laptop closer. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the first one is Jane Boolin. Mm Mm-hmm. Jane Boulin became the nation's first black woman judge in 1930. Mm. She was the first black woman to graduate from Yale Law School and would serve on New York's family court for four decades. Mm. That's a long time. Mm, four, yeah. Besides dealing with domestic cases, she worked to stop probation officers from getting assignments based on the color of their skin. During her career, she also worked with Eleanor Roosevelt to create a program that would intervene to stop young boys from committing crimes. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so when I hear that, what stuck out to me was the line that said she was like instrumental and. Working to stop probation officers for getting getting cases based on somebody's skin, mm-hmm. like how do you like? It's kind of wild to think that that was even a system. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I always think about that. Like when I hear about people like accomplishing those type of feats mm-hmm. during that time, is like just the process she had to get to to even get accepted into Yale. Yeah. During that time, like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they tried every way to, like, deny her, you know, or be like, oh, no, she's not. 
capable. Yeah, or she doesn't have the mental capacity or something. So right, like, right, right, right. Because like you know, in modern times, that's still a you know a pretty grand feat. But back then, four de- four decades. When they were doing, you know, doing anything they could for you to not succeed. To disqualify you or discredit your qualification. Yeah. Well, like, so. I mean, that's something that you don't hear about often. Like, we don't hear about, you know, Jane. We don't hear. That's not, that's not in the public school. No. They never tell you that she was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, about like the first black people that went to these Ivy League schools. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to know. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it does a lot for the youth to know that that's possible. Yeah, I'm going to say because that make it relatable then. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you think the Yales, the mm-hmm. Princetons, the Browns. like Right, 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 right. It's not even in most people's radar when they're thinking about a school. <laughs> no, because they already disqualify themselves by saying nobody like me is attending that school. They don't even accept people like me. Mm -hmm. But when you see that, it gives that young brother, that young sister, that intuitive thought, like, or like gives them that realization, like you can do that. Yeah. Cause that's all, that's what it's about when you younger, just the exposure. Exposure. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great word. To know that it's possible. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that wasn't. That wasn't. I thought yeah, in my was, mind. I never thought about, huh, let me see what the mm-hmm. the uh, requirements are to get in the Yale. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, you thought that was only reserved for like a select few. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was like, you had to be the, you know, Cream of the cloud. Yeah, like a, a borderline and, genius or a prodigy or something. And you have to think about it, Ed. Back then, you also had to, like, skirt those acceptable social norms. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we think about it today. You know, we kind of had this revisionist kind of mentality. Like, man, they could have just did this. But no, back then, it's kind of like. Well, everything wasn't permissible like it is today. Like it mm-hmm. was, it has been a challenge and a progression to get to that level of understanding on a worldwide scale. You know what yeah. I mean? The, I only, go ahead. Yeah, that's why anytime I hear the first African American mm-hmm. in any industry, any field, mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, that's like, you don't understand. Like, that wasn't a, oh, hey. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, she did get on she did get on her college exams. Take it. Yeah, in. that first one, like that was like, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Groundbreaking. No so, matter what, no matter where you were. Mm-hmm. hmm I mean, yeah, bro. That's that's very substantial. So I'm just gonna do a round of applause for Jane. Let's go ahead and give it up for her. Hey, so I also had one that uh, that stuck out to me, like a little unsung hero. This is two sisters, Mary and Mildred Davidson. Uh-huh. Just to give out an a, a idea, they were like twin sisters. So Mary and her sister Mildred, they had many practical in, inventions. They didn't have technical education, but they were both exceptional at spotting ways to make people's lives better. Together, they invented the sanitary belt. Mm. Later, Mary, Mary, the sister Mary, 
She invented the moisture-resistant pocket for the belt. And also, while disabled from multiple uh, from uh, multiple cirrhosis, Mary, the same one that did the belt, mm-hmm. she went on to invent the walker and the toilet tissue holder. Like, think about that. The toilet tissue holder? Like, you're not going to hear, like, that, that. I feel like just something that that, that that we just take for granted. Yeah. Use the toilet, use the restroom. I'm about to say, yeah, that's something everyone <laughs> uses, yeah. no matter your social class. Yeah, like, and, and, and to think there was a, a black woman out there that was like, you know what, like, there should be something <laughs> right yeah. here that I can pull from just to get this right now instead of, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's in, that's it's, incredible. It's it's go ahead, my bad. No, I was gonna say it's always amazing to think like how inventors' minds work and like mm-hmm. I guess like they see they got to like you know just live life and spot a need and yeah. figure out how to like how to like make that more yeah streamlined mm-hmm. Cause, cause, or something more accessible or convenient because you know mm-hmm. that's kind of what the world then turned into like how to make stuff more convenient. Mm-hmm. From everything, hey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people don't take out their trash if they no. have an apartment. Some valet trash. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, now you can get your groceries delivered or just pick them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so many like of those. What they? What should I even call it? Like, they're like microaggressions of life. You know what I mean? Or what I should say is those nuanced things of life. You know what I mean? Like use yeah. a use a toilet, like and and this was make Mildred and Mary Davidson so substantial. It's like you don't even think about like on a day to day. Somebody listening to this is not thinking about, man, who invented this toilet tissue holder that I could just pull from? You know what I mean? There's somebody behind that. There was somebody that was behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what stood out to me too was like they didn't have any technical education. No, they was yeah, exactly. Like they didn't go to college for that. But you know, that then too, that's like when education just wasn't as accessible mm-hmm. to our community. Right, right. You kind of just had to do what you can with what you had. Yeah, like we said, unless you're one of those tip top. So yeah, because some people they just didn't. Even had that opportunity. No, they yeah. family made it needed them, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was it was such such a disparity in, in opportunity, but it it that disparity spurred ingenuity. You know what I mean? Like yep. if you think about it on, on a level like that, like man, like the situation I am, I, I mean, it's kind of like downtrodden. But what can I do to make this? A little better, and then you got images like that. So, yeah. So, shout out to uh, Mary and Mildred Davidson. Give y'all a little round of applause. We love y'all sisters for making our life a whole lot easier. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. So you gotta, you know, that's a game changer. A game changer. A game changer. Man. So, okay. The next one I have is Dr. Shirley Jackson. She is an American physicist who received her Ph.D. from MIT in 1973. She was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics at MIT. 
In addition to her lengthy list of academic achievements, she also has an impressive number of inventions under her belt. Her experiments with the with the theor- her experience with the theoretical mm-hmm. <laughs> physics paved the way for numerous developments in the telecommunication space, including the touch tone telephone, the portable fax, caller ID, call waiting, and the fiber optic cable. It's major. Yeah, I'm gonna say she did like <laughs> bro. <laughs> all those important. Bro, they're like three things. Bro, do you realize there are like three or four things in that list that still exist today in like a very um they exist in the forefront of like how things are captured, how information is like exchanged. Yeah, that that fiber optic cable. The, the fiber optic cable, like Bro, that like revolutionized, revolutionized like digital media, a media period, and how you capture something, and how you tran- transport that from camera to system. You know what yeah, I mean? That's important. You know, back in my day when I was a film major and I was doing a lot of recordings, you know, I did a lot of sports recording. Like, the fiber after cable was like the most important cable. Like, don't break that. Make sure that's plugged in because that's what transmits our our information. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, yeah, I would imagine like I would love to invent something that's like such an intricate part of like everything. Yeah, it's like <laughs> something that's just a necessary thing that that's you know mm-hmm. that you just have to use. Like, and when you and when you make something like that, bro, it's like it's not. Forgetting, I mean, forgotten. Yeah. It's not forgotten, like you said, because it's so integral. Like it, yeah. Like this doesn't happen without this. Yeah. They say you forgot that. How? Yeah. Like, like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, we, and that's just the fiber optic cable. The touch, the touch tone. Yeah, she did some things. Both. Portable fax, caller ID, call, call waiting. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I wonder it. what they did before a call away and you just had to say, well, call. you wouldn't even get the. You wouldn't even get the call. Would you get the call? I don't know. I don't think you would. It'd be like a just busy line hang up, try again. Oh, that's why we used to have a, just a busy line, huh? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, because you'd be like, yep, somebody must be. Oh, they must be on the phone. I'm just getting like, you know, beep you in and stuff like that. So the. Because the stuff she vented, that's pretty like all recent because she's um she's still alive. She's the um oh. she's like a president of uh a polytech institute in Troy, New mm-hmm. York. Mm-hmm. So yeah. She's still pushing. Yeah, she's still around. That makes sense that like a lot of those envisions should I say mo- not modern, but they have modern implications, right? Yeah, like you said, she saw a need. Like we need a touch tone phone. Like you know what I mean. Like I'm about to say now, like everything is touch tone. There used to only be like certain phones. Like we seen that like develop mm-hmm. over time. You know, like we were a part of that where it was just like you know just flip phones, and then they mm-hmm. got a little touch tone, but they didn't do much. You still had to mainly use the buttons. Right, 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 right. Because I remember in high school when I got a phone, I was like. I don't want just a just all touch screen because the touch screen don't just 
it don't operate just, well. I, mm-hmm. I need to have a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And now look at us just. Just texting away. Yeah, nothing but touch screens. Oh, my God, man. Hold on. So we got to give a little applause. <laughs> Jackson. Thank you, Queen. Thank you for providing us a medium to communicate with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's major. That's major. Um, I don't know, man. Like, these are a lot of, like, black heroes. Yeah. That you don't hear about a lot. Like, I I, I wasn't told about Shirley Jackson in school. Were you? No. You know what I mean? So... They really are unsung heroes. Unsung heroes, bro. I mean, it kind of brings me back to the whole precipice of this month, right? Okay, let's get one thing clear. Like, Black History Month is really Black History Year because we celebrate all year. But like we said, that focus on Black History Month, mm-hmm. it kind of brings to the... It kind of lets everybody know or it's a foundation in which you can be like, okay, this is what we did. This is what we did every day. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it, 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 it's really influential. It's really substantial. And it's really encouraging. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, oh, and just let everybody know, just like people, just, just people, I guess, that aren't familiar with, like, how it came about and stuff like that. Yeah, give them the origin. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was about to get into some real... Okay, I'll give y'all the bullet points. I was about to get to the bullet points. So, you had Carter G. Wilson, right? So, Carter G. Wilson, he was a, prom- he was a prominent uh, a student historian of Harvard. Um, and it's also It was also him and another uh, guy named Jesse E. Moreland, mm-hmm. uh, who was a, a minister. Uh, they they founded their own organization that like studied like Negro life, excuse me, and, and Negro history, uh, and they promoted the achievements of Black Americans and other people of like African descent and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And what they started doing, they had a National Negro History Week. Uh-huh. They kind of implemented this in nineteen twenty six. Think about that, nineteen twenty six. My grandma wasn't even born. You know what I mean? So, uh, they chose the second week of February because, ironically, that was the week that coincided with Abraham Lincoln's birthday and Frederick Douglass' birthday. Mm-hmm. And if we know Frederick Douglass, the famous abolitionist, mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln, who's the guy that emancipated the slaves. Mm-hmm. So, if you think back to that time, it's kind of a time where uh, a lot of people of uh, melanated skin are rejoicing because this guy did this, this guy did that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when they would celebrate these birthdays, they would rejoice. They would have like community barbecues. They would organize history bowls. They would give back to the community. A lot of like initiatives that celebrated and promoted freedom, mm-hmm. uh, excellence. And success, and also um, navigating affluency in the American society in which they were brought into. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so years and years of them 
celebrating this week happened. And then ultimately, um, like in the 1960s, um, and as we all know, common, well, not, I, I won't say common knowledge, but like, as we all know, that was the rise of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, um, the Civil Rights Movement. Things like, in the 60s, they were very adamant on like procuring like rights for um, African-American citizens. So that was a very um, turbulent time, but in doing so, with a lot of like inventions that we've covered today, and a lot of like um, just excellence and advancement in what the African American meant and what their place was in American society, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like cities and towns and counties they be they began mandating the African American or the Negro history week mm-hmm. so that took hold and it took speed um until ultimately in I think the 1970s uh 1970s yeah 1976 yeah yeah uh our president uh Gerald Ford mm. Uh, I think he made it. That's when he made it an official holiday month. Dang! So it wasn't until 1976. But the National Negro History Week started in 1926. So it took 50 years. It took 50 years for us to get a month. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, bro? It's a long time. That's a long time. Like, and not to mention there were probably a lot of, like we said, abolitionists. Politicians, aldermen's council, city councilmen mm-hmm. that were pushing for this thing, but I guess back then it never quite seemed important. Or yeah, maybe that's how I feel. Maybe you feel different. But when I read that, I was like, okay, maybe we were not important enough until the, until seventy six. But think about the context of seventy six. Who's already gone? Yep. Malcolm, Martin. The Black Panther Party was just about dissolved at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mega, you know, all them gone. Stokely Carmichael. They fled, you know, Edgar Cleveland, you know, Cleveland, and you know what I mean? Like, so Fred Hampton had already, you know what I mean? Like, so all that had already transpired. Yeah. So I, I would want to say that it was a very. Let me ask you this: When you hear it being done in nineteen seventy six, does it feel like consolement, or you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly how I interpret it. Really? Yeah. Like you feel like, oh man, see this? Okay, we gonna get into this. Do you feel like Black History Month? It just consoled me for everything that they put us through. Let's talk about it, bro. Let's talk about it. We here. We are like, here. Now, no. I think like when they made it, like, because, you know, if they was really trying to uplift us, they wouldn't have, you know. Did us like that. Yeah. <laughs> put us through everything we went through. But mm-hmm. now I feel like, you know, we reclaimed it and mm-hmm. it's a joyous thing and mm-hmm. it's a time for us to, you know, highlight people. 
mm-hmm. in history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that paved the way and did monumental things. But, you know, I don't think that was the original intent of it. It was just like, let's give them the... It, was it like a pacifier to the black movement? Hey, well, I really want to talk about this because there's a lot of people that think that Black History Month, you hear sentiments because mm-hmm. you you be around like I be around. You have a timeline like I have a timeline. Yeah. You have discourse just like me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are like, man, oh, don't worry about Black History Month. Like That's something that yeah, the masses gave to us to make us feel like something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I but, don't know. But I gotta say though, at the same time, it had already been going on, right? So I think that's what make it somewhat different too. Because mm-hmm. if it's something that's been going on for fifty years, you just finally acknowledging it, but it's been going on. That's what it is. So I think that's what makes it different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fifty. Wait, it was 50 years. Yeah, 1926 is when they started National, uh, that's when they started Negro yeah, History. and didn't just spread out everywhere. It's like, it was almost at that point, it was like, okay, you can't ignore it anymore. You can't ignore it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when people are actively celebrating it. Because mm. mm. they're out in the streets and they're doing their thing. Yeah, you know, there's like events mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. nationwide. It's not like just restricted to like just one area or one city or anything. So mm-hmm. let me ask you another question. Kind of like just like an offshoot. Of it. What do you say to somebody that says we don't need a we don't need a month, we need a year? And then I have another question after We don't need a month, we need a year. I mean So well how well how do you feel like So that means dude, what like every other year would be black history year or will we get just once every five years well i guess i mean i, I guess i mean because i i've heard people say that before but i thought it was just you know tongue-in-cheek and they weren't serious okay i guess i mean like how do you feel how do you feel on march 1st do you feel like you're any less celebrated on march 1st first than you were february 27th or 20 you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't feel personally celebrated during the month of February. But we, you know, we highlight others. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like I kind of miss it a little bit because, like, I really enjoy it. So you miss like the, um, like I say, like everything that comes with Black History Month, like it's just always being talked about. You see it everywhere, and mm-hmm. people just, you know, they like, like you literally highlighting people, and yeah, it's like an oh, emphasis okay. on okay. just okay. black greatness. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say mm-hmm. is in the month of February. It's just like an emphasis emphasis on our greatness. And I enjoy seeing that, you know, because mm-hmm. the eleven the other eleven months is not like that. That's true. I guess I would say on March first, I feel or when it's over. Sometimes I feel a little bit exploited. Mm. It's February, but we want to take it there. Like, I'm gonna say because Black History Month that even went into like corporate America and like, bro, it's on the courts, mm-hmm. it's on the football fields, it's on back of jersey. I'm gonna say especially because you know February normally is when the football season, I mean basketball season is going on. So like, mm-hmm. they always have like Black History Month jerseys and or, stuff. Or, or shoes. Maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna say like certain athletes mm-hmm. literally 
have a Black History Month shoe. Yeah, they have a Black History Month model. Do you feel like it's something that's co-opted for capital or capitalistic gain? I mean, just... Or did we just say that? We kind of just said... I'm about to say, yeah, this is America, man. If they can make a dollar off of it, they're going to. Yeah. I, I, I think... I think... I think in that light, it kind of becomes a little... It can, it can make a black person feel a little torn. Yeah. I want to celebrate this, but... I'm but at the it. same time, though, I feel like instead of, like, giving our money to, like, corporations, we can be, like, giving that money to black businesses, yeah. which I feel like, you know, yeah. this time, this, what, 2020, 21, I feel like it's just been a bigger emphasis on that anyway, just supporting black businesses. And to be honest... That's the best way to support Black History Month because that's yep. grassroots. Mm-hmm. I feel like in 1926, that's kind of what they was thinking about that. I mean, we had good people, but we're going to give to this black farmer, this black tailor. So if you can support something in, in the month of black history, I encourage you to do that because that dollar is going to go to a black family. Yep. Them, the, that, them, them Black History Month Kobe's or, or KD's or Jordan that you buy, that's gonna go through so many different hands before it gets to anybody yeah. of our color. In in real life, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Outside of like, you know what I'm saying. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Black History Month is 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 it is a it's an interesting thing to get into because there's so many different ways you can take it and. So many different people feel so many different ways. Um, It matters to me more and more the older I get. And like you said, kind of like just going down my own path of education and not depending on institutions. Mm -hmm. So just learning more and stuff like Mm -hmm. it just means way more to me the month. I guess what I would say is, and I don't want to discount the 11 months, because I don't want to say that you can't do that for the uh, eleven months, the next, the other eleven months. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do appreciate Black History for is the preservation of our history. Yep. Like if you're not gonna hear it any other time, you're gonna hear it and see it now. Mm-hmm. Especially with the way our information travels and the mediums that are used now. Yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, it's just way more access to information yeah. now. Yeah. Like, like, you can literally, if it's something you want to know, you can, like, you can literally Google who was the first black person at the University of Texas or yeah. anywhere, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's all at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, going forward, let me ask you this. How do you make Black History Month stick for you? And how could you make it stick for somebody you know, I guess? What do you mean by stick? Like, instead of it being just an experience that you, instead of just ride this wave for 28 days, how do you, like, nail it home for somebody? To, like, what, keep it going? Yeah. Like, past February? Yeah. Do everything we're doing in February. Just and keep going. Like, yeah, and that just be the way of life. Like, do what you're doing in February. Do it in March. Do yeah, in like April. if you yeah. got an emphasis on supporting black businesses in February, just do that all year round. The first thing you should do is, mm-hmm. if you're looking for 
whatever you're looking for, black owned, mm-hmm. whatever that is that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I say just literally just do the same thing. I agree. I agree. Keep telling people about different people in history that did certain things. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that's been accomplished, so you're not going to run out of people. No, you're not. You're not. Let me ask you this. What is your experience with other races in regards to Black History Month? I have friends of other races. I'm pretty sure you do. When you talk to them about this month and what it means, or when you have talked to them, like, what do you get from them? Like, what, What's the sense that you get from them uh, or how they view this or whatever? Do anything stick out or maybe it's nothing at all? It could be nothing at all. No, I think like they kind of just come to me wanting to educate themselves a little bit more Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. on what it really means and Mm -hmm. some of the things we do during the month. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. What about you? Well... (laughs) In my travels, like in the last, and really in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I've dealt with a lot of people of different ethnicities and different cultures and everything like that. So when they ask me about about Black history, and I will, I will give them some credit. They ask me like, "Dude, like, how can I be a better ally? Mm-hmm. How can I like, how can I not use this month as just a, how can I not be performative?" Yeah. Because there's a lot of performative things that happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just put it in my Twitter bio and I don't want to just take a picture on Instagram. I really want to help. Mm-hmm. I say, well, what you can do to help is use your resources, use, use your capital mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. reinvest into somebody else's future. Yeah. You know, as as a as a, as a Whatever you are, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you have capital gain, because you know what resources you have, mm-hmm. you just pass that on. And even more so is that you take the conversation home with you. Yeah. Because you have uncles and you have aunties and cousins that say some BS mm-hmm. about what this month is and what we are as a people. Yeah, and they don't know, like, how pivotal we were. Right. Exactly. Like, you make you make that apparent to them and let them know without without that person without that culture mm-hmm. we wouldn't have this. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and kind of just give, give give yourself that worldly view of like you know what I mean? Like number one, we all we were in this together, but number two, like this doesn't happen without black people. Yeah, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen without black people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. I don't know. I, I, I guess that's what I like to reflect or that's what I like to pass on to uh, my friends of other cultures that mm-hmm. that want to know how that they can promote this. That's how you do that, man. So, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it's good that way, you know. Um, Black History Month is a great thing. Um, you got anything else in it? No, I think we covered it all, man. As far as you know, just highlighting a couple things, and yeah, and, and kind of let people know what what's out there. Yeah, what what things that you appreciate or that you benefit from that started from a person that's dealt with the trials and tribulations that we have. 
Mm-hmm. I mean that that we have had pressed against us. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking. I'm going to the outro, but like, just, just, just if you're listening, just like, bro, like, you can always make a change, and if you want to, you take your personal experience, but. If you want to promote black history and be an ally to black people, tell them, tell your people what you know. You know what I mean? Go educate yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of resources out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, continue to look forward. I mean, black people, like, we on the rise. To all my brothers and sisters out there, like, I don't know. I support y'all. I love y'all. I want to see everybody do good. You know what yeah. I mean? So, Rooting for everybody that's black. But right now, man, we go, man, we gonna drop an applause for all the brothers and sisters out there striving for more, bro. Hey, one more for Ed. One more for my Corey. <laughs> one more for me. Hey, man, we love y'all, man. This is the Transferable Experience Podcast. Hey, if you want to know more, you can check us out. Instagram, Twitter. Do all that on all that. Do all do all that on all that. And we and we still open the feedback and comments and everything like that. So hey, we, we just launched off our YouTube page, right? Yep, we're on YouTube. The now. YouTube is up and running. Comment, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take it. So we just want to let everybody know that we love y'all. Peace. I was delivered in this world as a crack baby. Hard for me to pay attention and I act.